0: The following podcast is sponsored by you. If you'd like to donate to help us continue providing the best VCU men's basketball podcast out there, please use the link in the show notes for this episode. Proceeds from your donations will be used to pay for hosting fees, which are the most expensive ongoing part of providing this show. Thank you in advance, and Go Rams! Welcome to Rams Rewind, a podcast that looks back at all of the action from VCU men's basketball. After each game, our host, George Templeton, talks live on Facebook with Ram fans and gives his take on the team's performance. And now, here's George.
1: Hello and welcome back to second episode, the second episode, regular season episode of Rams Rewind. VCU wins again against Morgan State, 69-54. Not the prettiest game by any stretch, but there was there was plenty of good out of this too, even if it if it kind of came later in the game. First and foremost, thank you for listening out in podcast land. If you like what you hear, drop us a little drop us a little dinero. Uh, there's a link in the description. There's also a tip jar on Podbean. Do it like our friend Dorenda Lovelace, who did it, who's done, who's uh, done that for us a couple of times. Great friend of this program. We really appreciate her, and we appreciate everybody that's donated to us, and uh, just keep on doing it. Just, uh, just uh, you know, pay for the paying for the cost of production, and maybe slipping a little money to myself and my producer if you so choose. I really do appreciate it. So yes, VCU wins sixty nine fifty four. Not a very good first half at all. Really, really struggled, the, the sort of uh, continuation of what you saw in the second half against Manhattan, and it was really an unholy trinity. They didn't rebound the basketball well at all in the first half. They had terrible trouble with turnovers in the first half, and they didn't make foul shots. So it was all, you know, for for me, that's that's as bad as it gets. It's as bad as it gets when in, when you have all three of those things in the first half. You know, 12 turnovers in the first half, three of seven from the foul line, and, you know, losing the backboard, Morgan State plus six in, in, in the first half, plus four on offensive rebounds. They had 12 offensive rebounds, so they turned into 11 second-chance points. That kept them in the game. And really, VCU should have been trailing at halftime. And the reason they weren't, made five threes in the first half. And David Shriver, can I shout him out today? You know, huge game overall. Ends, ends up ends up with 11 points and eight rebounds. And, and speaking of David Shriver, if you listen to the episode that we did with his high school coach, Marcus Johnson, he said that this kid isn't just a good three-point shooter. He's going to be a really good rebounder. Well, he had eight rebounds tonight. And that was big. And we'll get, and especially in the second half, we'll get to that. Cause because that script flipped in the second half. One of the reasons VCU pulled away and played well in the second half. But they really, I mean, without shooting, I mean, and again, five of thirteen is not fantastic, but without making those threes, they could have been in a lot of trouble in this game. Uh, because they, you know, they were. I mean, that's the thing. Five of 13 is not great. They were five of 15 inside the arc. Uh, you know, and and Morgan State only made one three at halftime. So that was a that was huge to keep them in it. But that first half, it was just it wasn't good. There was not anything good about it, really, except for that. And I think and they were fortunate to be up one at halftime. And of course, part of that was Morgan State had 12 turnovers as well. So, That that is something that that is you know we know what a hallmark of VCU's defense is to to turn other people over, and they did and they've continued they continued to do that. But at halftime, you would have been right to be a little concerned because you you look you look at that halftime box score, and it's just it's it's exactly the kind of game that Morgan State wants to play, and you know you hand it to them. And I and I do like the point that and I and I'll say this I'll give Mike Rhodes this and it, and it is a good point playing Morgan State was kind of like VCU facing themselves facing somebody in the mirror you know Morgan State came at them hard was physical pressed them got after them on defense and and VCU had a lot of trouble with it in the first half and it's 28-27 and wow what what's going on here and of course It continued in the second half for quite a while. They continued not to make free throws. They were 7 of 16 at one point in the game, and they kept turning the ball over in the second half as well. But but that's the thing. But they got hot from the field. My goodness did they get hot from the field. And you think about that second half. They committed 12 turnovers. They still got 41 points. Why did they get 41 points? Well, number one, their shot selection. Absolutely terrific! They only took six threes in the second half. They were two for six. They were fourteen of twenty from the field. Seventy percent in the second half. Isn't that amazing from them? And and think of this. So you th- you hear that and you're like, oh wow, they shot the ball great. They had two offensive rebounds. That's what Morgan State had in the second half, two and two. So VCU's only missed six shots and they've rebounded two of them. Morgan State missed twenty, and only rebounded two of them. Ten for thirty in the second half, and there you go. That's how it ends up a blow. Uh, that, uh, that's how VCU ends up with forty-one in the second half, blowing the game wide open. You know, say you know your guards got to rebound if you're gonna, if you're going to do well rebounding. Well, Jaden Nunn in the second half had four rebounds. Shriver had five rebounds in the second half. Watkins had five rebounds in the second half. You know, and and remember, Morgan State only had nine as a team the entire second half, so they were just they just shut the door on them completely. Plus eleven in the second half, so VCU wins the rebounding battle again. And and look for a team that has struggled to be a good rebounding team for most of for most of uh, Mike Rhodes' time here for them to be two for two winning the rebounding battle is a huge surprise. I don't care who they've played. So, you know, shout out David Shriver and his coach, Marcus Johnson, because he's right about David Shriver being being a uh, really good rebounder. Shout out Jameer Watkins, who, who himself just missed a double-double. He gets 10 points and nine rebounds, three assists too, and that's the other thing. Jameer Watkins filling that stat sheet up kind of the way our old pal Vince Williams used to do. Nine rebounds, three assists, three blocks, a steal. Man, it, can, can Jameer Watkins really replicate, start to replicate the things that we were seeing from Vince Williams stuffing that stat sheet like that? Because if that's the case, whew, what a good team we've got here. Also, four for five from the from, from the field. And just physically just looks right back. Not just to where he was before the injury, but is starting to get progressed beyond that. So that that was that. It was just tremendous to see that from him. Uh, you know, actually, Ace probably a little off offensively when you look at his game: five assists, four turnovers, nine points. He was only three and nine from the field. Seven steals, though, and defensively, you just—I mean, he was he was giving. Even though Rob Lawson only had the one turnover. He was given he was given that backcourt fits, you know. He only has the one turnover. Isaiah Burke, and he was spent some time on him too. And Turner, he spent some time on him too. You know, they combined for six turnovers, and Turner's four for ten, and Burke is four for sixteen, and that's the starting backcourt for Morgan State, and and they just and and Miller. Who again had nearly had a double-double at halftime. He's got he's got ten points and nine rebounds. He's he's over four in the second half and only has two boards. And so he gets his double-double, but he doesn't score in the second half. And they just, they really, they really smothered Morgan State in this second half. Ten of thirty from the field, just a great job. And they end up and they end up for the game. They end up Thirty-three percent, twenty-one to sixty-three is just a great job defensively. And Ace Baldwin again, the head of that, and the seven steals is—it's really is something. This this guy's gonna be among the leaders in the country in steals this year, and he's already making a making a pretty good, pretty good case to be to to be the defensive player of the year in the A10. Long way to go, obviously, but. That, you know, that that's a tremendous performance from him. And, again, we've seen it with Ace Baldwin. He doesn't have to score a lot of points to have a big impact. Normally, he has a big impact by just conducting the orchestra and getting a lot of assists and really setting up the offense. And, again, five assists not terrible. It's just not great when you have four turnovers. But defensively, just monstrous. And every guard better, better bring their lunch pail, better – Buckle, you know, do whatever the equivalent of buckling their chin strap is in basketball because Ace Baldwin's going to put him through the ringer. And, you know, 36 minutes out there tonight, and he still looked fresh as a daisy at the end of the game. You know, that that was tremendous. None did a great job defensively as well. I uh, want to praise him, even though he didn't have a huge night offensively. Thought None did, you know, None had a couple steals and a block as well. I thought he did a tremendous job defensively. Like I said, you, saw, you, you heard the numbers for there two starting guards in the backcourt, you know, a combined eight of twenty-six. Uh you can't ask for more than that. Uh, Brandon Johns, again, get that when he's hot and he was hot again tonight, get him the ball. Ends up, I think, leading everybody in uh in scoring tonight. I think he I think he's the uh yeah 15 points led everybody in scoring. Six of ten from the field again. Uh you know he's he's really he's he's showing you that he's got all of it. Like he, I mean, he hit a three in the last game, and he didn't hit one today. But he can put the ball on the floor. He's really good in terms of catching it down low in traffic, and 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 getting it in there. Uh, so he's really he's really coming on and playing well, and I'm really pre- I'm really pleased with his progress. Zeb Jackson off the bench. This was a real. I mean, he had a really great game off the bench. Because think of this: he only plays Zeb Jackson. He only plays thirteen minutes. And he gets nine points, three for four from the field, makes makes a three-pointer uh, and gets a steal. I mean, that's pretty good in nine minutes as well. So, I mean, excuse me, in 13 minutes as well. That's a lot. That's some nice production off the bench. So liked his game, like Nick Kern's game off the bench again. Help, definitely provided a spark in 11 minutes. Gets four points, plus six in 11 minutes too. So that's not too bad either to get that kind of number in the plus minus when you've not been on the, when you're not on the floor that long. Um, So really, really, those were the, those were some of the really good things, especially that in the second half, I mean, that second half, that's the way you want to play offensively. You'd like a few more assists uh, for 14 made field goals. They only had six assists for 14 made field goals, but they end up with 14 assists for 24, which is fairly close to the mark. But again, turning it around around after a bad first half, rebounding the basketball. But these dang turnovers. And it it shows you, the fact that they get 41 points in a half with 12 turnovers, I'm telling like I say, this team's got the firepower to be a serious offensive team this year and to give themselves – I mean, again, defensively they did a good job tonight because you only give up 54. You take that every time, but – They've got the ability to give themselves margin for error with their defense if their defense isn't as good as it is tonight, and it's and and that's what that second half shows you getting forty-one. But we've got to harp on the turnovers a lot this year because again, that's the reason that they weren't a good offense last year. They were one of the worst teams in the country for for turnovers, uh, and we got to harp on this too—the foul shooting. Now it did it did pick up. They made seven of their last nine foul shots after being seven of sixteen. But we've got we've had two games now, and and they're shooting, you know, thirty-three of fifty-eight from 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 the charity stripe. And I know what I did, I should have looked it up beforehand, but I'm gonna do it now. Thirty three of fifty eight is a percentage of fifty seven percent, just a hair short of it. Fifty six point nine percent. Oh, we can't have that when we play these when we play these two games in Brooklyn coming up. No, 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 we cannot have that. We can't be shooting 57% next Wednesday and Thursday with a chance to hopefully get, you know, two wins over Power 5 schools on a neutral floor and maybe get a quality win against a team like Michigan if we get to play them. Who knows how good Arizona State's going to be. You can't have that at Memphis. Which is a potentially big win as well, or Temple, who you know beat Villanova yesterday. So That's become a game that could be a quality, a big time quality win as well. You just got to make these free throws, and I'm sorry, I'm I'm going to sound like a broken record about this. The, the coaching staff's got to make an issue of it, and and you can't have because you can't have that. There's no excuse for it, and it's year after year after year, and that's why. I'm sure people who listen to this podcast regularly are sick of me talking about it, but I'm sick and tired of it being the case. I mean, except for Bones Highland's second year uh, at VCU, this has been a very bad foul shooting team by and large, a team that's been near the bottom of the league and near the bottom about third or even worse than that. I mean, they they were in the 300s for chunks of the season last year in foul shooting you can't do it you can't do it in march you can't do it if you get to the big tournament it'll get you every time the good news is now that this is a team that can actually shoot some threes and make them especially if they actually take a lot of them although again i'm i'm happy you know they weren't they they, they weren't overly overly injudicious with their three point shooting tonight. they took 29 twos and 19 threes i got no problem with that ratio at least they can make some threes to make up for it but you can't you can't do this cuz again in close games it's going to bite you on the rear end and you know you think back you think back to some of their big wins and and like the Dayton game last year in Dayton they only had two free throws for the whole game and of course it was Vince Williams who made them both and they end up winning the game by one point and that's makes a difference and you don't want to get into a game like that have a chance to win at Dayton and don't win because you shoot, you know, 15 for 26 or something like that. So I mean, this is it's so it's been happening so often that it again, I gotta look at the coaching staff on that. You just can't have it. Uh so that those are the big negatives, the turnovers and the foul shooting, although at least they ended the game, you know, they did well on the at the end of the game shoot making foul shots. Which is another reason why, even though it was a pretty close game for a while, they end up pulling away and winning and winning fairly comfortably. They also just they also you know Morgan State makes one of their last eleven field goal attempts. So I mean they they were they were doing that bad in the second half shooting the ball, and then they couldn't hit anything. And I think that was about the last. Oh gosh, I'm gonna go play by play. I think that was about the last six minutes of the game, as I think they is where they made the. Uh, it's where they only had the is where they had the eleven misses. So I mean, it was it was it was just it really was it it really was a situation where VCU, you know, could have been in a lot of trouble and just and just hung right in, uh, uh, hung hung right in and and really just took them out of their game completely. I mean, Morgan State makes a basket. Let's see here. They make the basket. Hobbs makes a ba- makes a jumper with 6 minutes left to cut it to 6, 603 left. And they don't get and the only basket they get after that is a layup at the end of the game with 55 seconds left when the game's decided off a turnover. So I mean there you go. It's so one field goal in the last 603 in the game. And and 5 minutes and 8 seconds without a ba- without a field goal made. So that's that's what that's how VCU closed this game out, and 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 that's to their credit. But you can't rely on that every night. You got to be better making free throws. You just you just can't have it. I mean, it's it, and it was really it was frustrating to listen to, and it was frustrating to see it. I mean, twice they get fouled on three pointers. That's the other thing. Jameer Watkins and Ace Baldwin both draw fouls on three pointers, which is that's. That's when you can really break a team's back. When you get fouled on a three and you got a chance if you make three free throws, it's just it really can demoralize the other team. <laughs> and they go both go 1 for 3. At least a Watkins, you know, gets a steal and gets a layup and sort of and sort of uh kind of makes up for it and gets the other two points he didn't get, but it's like you could you can just take a team totally out of the game. Because it's just demoralizing. Because you make that mistake, it means you've you've screwed up and run at somebody too too much, or you've you know smacked somebody on the wrist when you shouldn't have, or whatever it is. You've done this. You've done the kind of thing. You've made a big mistake. The kind of mistake that when you look at the film review, the player is kind of like hiding and hanging his head while the coach says, "What in the world were you doing? Doing A, B, or C, whatever it is, to get that foul." And you don't make them pay. Doggone it. It's just – it's frustrating. So that wasn't good. And, and, and you know, and, and ace ball when, again, your guard's got to make – your point guard who's going to be handling the ball all the time better make free throws or you're in trouble at the end of the game he was one for four tonight. So ace is normally a good foul shooter, but Bubula, my man, we can't have that. We just can't have – we just can't have that. So all right, Brooklyn, we're going to Brooklyn now to play in this Legends Classic, and we start with Arizona State. Arizona State is two and zero like us with a couple bye games. First game was not very good against uh, Tarleton State, who's reclassifying to D one. I think they're and they're in the Western Athletic. I don't think they're eligible yet. Only like barely won that game, sixty two fifty nine. That was a that was a struggle for for the Sun Devils. This is this is a big year for Bobby Hurley. They need to they need to win and be really good, um, and they needed. I mean, that's the thing. They were down in the last twenty seconds, and Marcus Bagley hit, made, converts a three point play uh, to to give to give uh, to give the Sun Devils the lead for good. So that was their first game, and then uh, they played an in state rival. You know, they bring uh, bring Northern Arizona down to Tempe uh Northern Northern Arizona's 0 and 3 uh in there uh, and, and uh, they won that game a little more convincingly. They won that game 84-68 with a really dominant first half. Uh DJ Horn had 25 points. So those are two of the guys we got to look we got to look out for. We got to look out for. But yeah, North, Arizona State's had a tough start to their season. VCU's going to be favored. Uh, but they got to show up and they got to play hard and they got to tighten up these things. They got to tighten up. And then maybe, you know, and then they get either Pitt or Michigan. You'd expect it to be Michigan if VCU wins. And of course, that's that's an interesting game because two of Michigan transfers on our team. Michigan's currently nationally ranked. Uh, Hunter Dickinson will be a challenge, be a severe challenge for our big men. It's going to be interesting to see. How how VCU deals with that? I mean, Jalen Deloach is going to start with the job on him because Jalen Deloach is going to be the only guy that's strong enough to deal with the power that Dickinson's going to come with because he can back you down and just and just put his big frame on you and and really and really lay the lumber. But at the same time, he can also step out and shoot that and shoot that outside shot. So that's going to be a challenge. Uh, I'm I'm expecting. That VCU is going to their big men are going to use a lot of fouls on Dickinson, and to try to wear him down a little bit, uh, and to, you know to try to to try to show him some different looks. I mean, I I would expect even though he's undersized, Johns to play on him some, and certainly he'll he'll know he might know a few tricks that'll work. You know, Toby Lawall, Christian Fermin, I think they're all going to be in there at some point, and they're all going to need to be in there. And I think what you just what you what you have to do with Dickinson, you can't let him. You can't if you front him in the post, you can't let that ball get over your head and him catch it. And if you get it, and if he gets it in the, and if he gets it in your, and you're behind him, you have got to try to keep him from pushing you onto the block and pushing you into a spot where he can get a shot that he likes. And and that's and you go of course it's also going to depend on how the refs call things too. Uh, you know, when you face a player that's that big and that skilled, at times you're kind of relying on the referees, you know, may- maybe showing you a little leniency if you get physical and or if somebody overdoes it with the backing you down and using his body to create space, maybe calling a few offensive fouls. Um, so that's that's going to be one of the big matchups there if if we get that opportunity with Michigan. Of course, if they play Pitt, then it's our former coach Jeff Capel. And again, if Pitt wins that game, you gotta say that would be that would be a huge win for that program, which, you know, they're they they've uh you know it's been it's been a tough slog uh for for uh for Jeff Capel there trying to rebuild that program because they you know it's it's been struggling since Jamie Dixon uh went back home to uh went back home to Texas Christian to his alma mater uh let me see here i'm trying to find uh how pitt's been doing so far uh they lost to west virginia hey, Ooh, west virginia walloped them too it was 81-56 uh that was their second game and in their first game pitt as i as we get, they played tennessee martin and they won by 22-80 to 58 so that's that's how they've done, that's how that's how they've done in their in their two games. They're one and one, and again they've been you know Jeff Capel's Jeff Capel's kind of in a big like Bobby, Bobby Hurley. He needs a good season too. In Pitt's case, he needs improvement because they've been down the bottom of the ACC since he's been there. So they need to kind of get up into the middle of the pack and maybe be somewhere around the the NCAA bubble to really show some progress. In that win over Tennessee, Martin Blake Hinson double double twenty seven and thirteen. So, if we do play Pitt, we got to watch out for him. Obviously, the good news is, and this is the one time I kind of like being the second game because even though it means you don't know when you're starting, at least we are going to get have an opportunity to get a look at Pitt and uh, and and Michigan because they're going to play first. And so I'm kind of looking forward. To see, in, uh, to see in what what those two teams may, might be capable of and uh, what kind of challenges they're going to pose. So, you know, you think about – again, you think about last year and how much they struggled last year offensively, and, you know, they lost to Wagner this early in the season. I'm just gl- – I'm glad they're 2-0. They're, they are 2-0, and they've been 2-0 without really too much fuss. Uh, Manhattan wasn't as good a game as it could have been because of their, all their – all the situation at that school Morgan state caused us a problem for quite a bit of the game, but VCU pulled away. And I, and I do think coach Rhodes is right about the fact that playing a team like Morgan state who kind of gave VCU a taste of their own medicine in a lot of ways is probably really good preparation as you know, now they're hitting the road, you know, it's going to be two weeks. So you're not going to see VCU at the Siegel center until after Thanksgiving. Uh, you know, it's going to be two weeks on the road now. These two games, these two games at the Legends Classic, and then of course uh, the Sunday before Thanksgiving. You know, playing at Memphis, which again, that, what a huge game that is! What a, what an absolutely massive game that it, that is! That's that is for uh, VCU. So, really looking forward to this now. These three road game, two two neutral sites in a road game. We're gonna have a we're we're gonna start to get a really good idea of what this team could be capable of. So. Looking forward to that. Um, Wednesday, because VCU's the late game, even if I have a, a day as terrible as I've had today, I'll be home well before the first half is over with. So in the good, the bad, and the ugly group, we're going to be live. Uh, we're going to be live in there. And, of course, the podcast will drop the next day. Thursday, uh, if they win, if they of course, if they win the Arizona State game, I, I presume they're playing the late game Friday, or excuse me, Thursday night uh the championship game which means again even though I'm working uh there shouldn't be there shouldn't be any problem in terms of me getting home in time to do to watch the game and to do, and then to do um to do uh to do a live to do a live podcast uh with uh both in the good the bad the ugly group which is what what I'm a member of and if you you know if you want to enjoy our game threads and other things uh, that we feature in there, join the VCU good in the bag group and I promise you you won't you won't regret it. So should be two live pods right after the games. Uh that might be a little bit thorny if they're playing the early game Thursday night. That might not be the case. But if uh if they can win the first game and they're playing the late game uh Thursday night then that'll absolutely be the case. There'll be two live pods. And pro- and presuming I don't have to work that Sunday the twentieth uh, would be live as well there. So, want to thank everybody for listening in Podcast Land tonight. Uh, I had to rewatch this game after I got home from work, and it was uh, it was I was glad I did because there was some th- there were some interesting things that didn't come across on the radio call that came across on the TV as are often is the case. Uh, thank goodness for ESPN Plus in that regard. Thank you all for listening. Remember the tip jar and the uh, link in the description if you want to donate. Uh, to myself and the producer that do this pod. We really appreciate it when you do. And we will talk to you Wednesday night after hopefully a win over Arizona State that gets us in the legends Classic Championship, perhaps against Michigan, which, of course, lots of stories there, if that's the case. Thank you all for listening. Have a good night, everybody.
0: To submit a question for George to answer in an upcoming episode or to inquire about sponsorship opportunities for this podcast, please email ramsrewind at gmail.com. We'll be back after the next game, and thanks for listening to this episode of Rams Rewind.